My name is Charlotte, and I am listening to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. (laughs) Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. breakfast escape from October. Though we try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, we can't guarantee that you won't get scared. Because everybody needs an escape from Pinktober. That's right. Real ghost stories from real people submitted by our listeners all episode long. Are you scared yet? Do you want to escape from October with me? Yeah, let's just um, go right into November. We we already have. My goodness. Um, The name makes it almost seem like it was on purpose. Right? Escape from October. It was always supposed to be in November. Silly. That's right. Shoot. Dia de los Muertos is is in November. I'm liking this vibe. Yeah. October Breast Cancer Awareness Month didn't even need the attention. So we are delivering on our promise to give you a second round of spooky, mm-hmm. spooky ghost stories. Yes. Follow up to last year's very popular episode, Escape from October, where we tell nothing but scary stories all episode long. We do not utter a word about that silly little illness that we normally spend time gabbing about. Endlessly. Yeah. This episode has no evidence of disease. That's right. We talk about <laughs> other scary stuff and all of our letters are listener sent um, or friend gathered or both. That's right. Ah! <laughs> These so are good scary. ones. These are good ones. I'm nervous. I'm chilled to the bone already. I'm chilled to the bone. Okay. Um, should we just get into it? Let's get into it. I okay. hope that you all can handle the fright. All of these are true, too. Let's get that straight. We did not go onto Reddit and find something spooky and change names and locations. No, no, no. That's right. These are all like everyone who sent these say these happened to the best of my knowledge the way that they happened. And I don't I can't explain it. <laughs> and they, they said it in that voice. All right. All right. Are you ready? <sighs> okay. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Light your candles. (laughs) This one's from Beth, our friend. And she says, my dad's mother died in 2000. On the one year anniversary of her death, my mom woke in the middle of the night to the sound of the phone ringing. She picked up our house phone, but the ringing continued. What? My parents had cell phones back then, but all they did was make and receive calls. They were really just for driving emergencies and double-checking dinner plans. Definitely never used inside the house. Mm -hmm. So it took her sleep-logged mind a minute to register that that was what was ringing. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. 
By the time she got to the cell phone, she had missed the call, but it was from my grandmother's home phone number. My mom, confused but exhausted, went back to bed. An hour later, the same thing happened, but with my dad's cell phone. They both missed the call again. The next morning, they puzzled over it. My dad called the assisted living where my grandmother had been living, the one where she had had that phone number. The new resident in her room had a different number. The phone my grandmother had in that apartment did have both my parents' cell phones programmed into it, but it was locked up in a storage unit. What? When my parents tried calling her number, which they had just received calls from overnight, on the exact anniversary of grandma's death, (gasps) the number was disconnected. On the anniversary of her death? I missed that part. Did you see that in the beginning? I did. Oh my gosh. Beth says, I think it was definitely grandma sending a buzz from the other side. Oh, grandma. (laughs) And she's like, you bitches couldn't pick up the phone. (laughs) Right? (laughs) These boomers, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you, Beth. I love it. Such a good one. It was kind of sweet, you know, spooky. It would definitely spook me out, but also cute. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to read one. This one is from our friend Leah and Leah says, our place isn't haunted now. Although a dog sitter did tell us that we have fairies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The haunted house is in the Eastmoreland neighborhood of Portland. There was a lot of feeling like someone was watching me when I went into the basement. When I mentioned it to my husband, he was not at all surprised. A friend came over to safe the place and told me that there was actually a presence in the basement and also one upstairs. The basement presence, they said, was female and kind and loving. She apparently would wait by a window, although I never saw her. This is what I was told. So one day at dinner, (laughs) Um, her husband's daughter was three years old and starts talking, three-year-old talk, and mentions the woman upstairs who talks to her. (gasps) Oh, I don't like it. (laughs) Holy shit. What woman? And she keeps babbling on like this was all very normal. So I had to accept that we have two ghosts. We called the upstairs ghost Agatha because that was the owner prior to us. The basement ghost we called the judge because I felt judged every time I went downstairs. I feel like in the kitchen. Oh, excuse me. I was in the kitchen one day. We were leaving for a trip. And I see my husband walk into his office from the corner of my eye. I'm doing dishes and talking to him, and he doesn't answer. He never turns on the office light. And I look up at the office door, and at that moment, he walks in. Oh, no! The front door. (gasps) Oh! And he says, hi, I'm home. Nobody was in the office. 
Ew. No. (laughs) Classic ghost. (laughs) Classic ghost behavior. Um, He later told me um, he once saw someone peer around the wall in the basement. I hated that basement. Okay. So, a few years later, I'm in the basement ironing clothes for the big neighborhood yard sale. What? <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna pause the letter here. Okay, Leia, Leia, Leia. <laughs> Why are you ironing clothes for the yard sale? <laughs> and it's the neighborhood yard sale, so this is not. This is her wanting to impress her peers. Mm-hmm. 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 Let me see what you're doing here. She just has to solve the most <laughs> button up layer. Okay. <laughs> On she continues. Um, she's ironing these clothes for the the yard sale. I have a glass of water on top of an unplugged dehumidifier. I like how she lets us know it's unplugged. Like, I am safe. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Leah, for your commitment to safety. Okay, I have a glass of water on top of an unplugged dehumidifier that I'm using to pour water into the iron to steam the clothes. Oh, now she's steaming the clothes. Right. Okay. Wow. Wow. Above and beyond. Um, I want to go to this yard sale. I set the glass on top of the dehumidifier and turn to iron, and I hear a slide and a clunk, which would just be such a ripe opportunity for our producer to make a slide and a clunk noise. (laughs) Yep, do it. I turn to see the glass on the floor. Upright, not a drop (gasps) spilled. I screamed and ran upstairs and told my husband, Jay, to talk to the judge and tell him everything is okay. Wow. I think the judge hated disorder and conflict, says the person who irons her yard sale clothes. I know. Um, Maybe the judge was like, Leia, you don't need to steam clothes for the neighborhood yard sale. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the judge hates order. Actually, Leia. Oh, good point. point. Okay. So um, the judge hated disorder and conflict. So she says there was a train set table in the basement that Jay never moved because he knew it would upset the judge. Okay. How would how did he know he couldn't play with the trains? I need to help him. Better not play with those trains, you know, all the ghosts get. And they hear the howling of the, the engine. Okay. Um, she goes on. Everyone's like, why would we write letters to you when you just make fun of us? The whole <laughs> I know. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Listen. <laughs> um, oh, wait. One more thing. The woman who previous, previously lived in the house, Agatha, had a daughter who went missing. She vanished and was never found. We figured Agatha was waiting by the window for her daughter to return. Oh, that's so sad. Or my theory, not to, you know, act like your pet sitter who knows you have fairies or anything, but if I'm allowed to do my ghost guessing here, I think the woman who sits in the window was Agatha's daughter and she did return and <gasps> she's waiting for her mother to find her. Oh, Amy, I don't like that. 
Come on, mm-hmm. like it. I don't like Come on, it. Like it a little bit. that's sad poor agatha i mean poor judge poor judge yeah i hate that feeling i totally know what she means though that like oppressive feeling where you just feel like i don't know yeah something yeah right yeah, there's no explanation for it, obviously, because like, what even does it feel like to feel judged? Like, in yeah, a room? such but, a specific feeling, right? Not yeah, just but I get it out, not just watched, but judged. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. All right. This is a doozy, Amy. So okay. I want you to be prepared. Like, are you okay. seated? What should I do? <laughs> what should I? Do I need like okay, I'm ready. Wrap your arms around yourself. Okay, listeners. Join okay. me. Sit around the okay. campfire. Steph's got That's the right. mic. Okay. This is from Erica. She's gonna set the scene for us here. She better. South Sound, Washington State, circa nineteen seventy-two. Love it. Small farm on acreage a few miles down the one peninsula road. Long gravel street off the main road, long gravel driveway bordered by pasture on both sides to a single story 1930s home and barn. And I feel like if you've been anywhere in Western Washington, this is a very familiar kind of setting. I can smell it. Yes, exactly. She goes on. My grandparents left the house with their eldest son for dinner in town as a reward for academic performance. My mom, Sue, 11 to 13 years old, was home looking after her younger siblings who were school-aged, but a few years younger than Sue. Mm -hmm. All was going well for both parties. How are Sue's grades? (laughs) Obviously not as good as her brother's, as she didn't get taken out. only taking Samuel. Okay, go on. All was going well for both parties until a knock at the kitchen door. Sue opened the curtain and dropped the half window a few inches to speak to the visitor. He claimed his pickup truck was broken down just up the road on the shoulder. Likely story. Mm-hmm. And could he please use her phone to call his brother to come get him? Sue indicated that she would retrieve the telephone whose cord she knew would reach outside the door. Good thinking, Sue. Way to go. While she was retrieving the phone, she heard a click and the door opened. Never. She turned in time to see a hand retreat from the narrow window opening as the door swung open. This motherfucker. How dare you? She has bear spray. Okay. <laughs> you know she does. I hope so. Right. hope. Sue offered a chair at the table just a few feet from the door. The man sat staring at Sue. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He indicated that he didn't know the phone number to dial and asked for the phone book. As Remember if those? we didn't all memorize phone numbers back then. <laughs> yeah, come on, guy. You know your brother's phone number. <laughs> After hanging up the phone and quickly handing the phone book to the man, Sue rushed to hiss at her sister to hide in the back bedroom with their father's weapon <gasps> and not to come out except for their parents. I know. Bear spray? <laughs> Probably also, not. Also, Sue, spray. keep the weapon. Don't give it to the five year old. Just put the five year old under the bed and take that weapon. 
Could you imagine what it would have been like if Sue returned with like a rifle? <laughs> you know that was the. I mean, come on, let's. let's. I told you not to play with the toy trains. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, sorry. Wrong story. Go on. Go on. I'm scared. I'm scared. So the two children rushed to the back of the house. Sue returned to the kitchen where she saw the man staring at her, licking his lips and slowly flipping the pages of the phone book one at a time. Another great sound opportunity, Nathan. Okay. Then Sue noticed that the pages were right side up to her. Excuse? He was looking at the phone book for his brother's phone number upside down. And it was the yellow pages? <laughs> Maybe he's, you know, he's like a business owner. Sorry. So all you youngins are like, what the what? hell white are the pages? yellow pages? Yeah. The yellows just had businesses. The whites had people. That's right. We had to have two fat books. Those were the days. Meanwhile, in town... At a nice restaurant over 30 minutes from the family farm, my grandmother became hysterical, begging her husband to call home. From the restaurant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're they're in town at the restaurant. Their um, ring camera was alerting them. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is 100% mother's intuition, Amy. Okay. Tell me. Okay. So she tells him she tells her husband to call home and ask yes or no questions to see if sue is all right smart smart move always my grandfather a man of few words and slow to panic appeased his wife and sought out the house phone that's another thing that we used to have to do is you had to call people from the restaurant on the restaurant's phone (laughs) um sure grandma (laughs) <laughs> I really always, it was a dream of mine to have somebody come up to me and be like, ma'am, there's a call for oh you. Oh my gosh, I know, right? You like that set your so cool. spaghetti and meatballs down mid-twirl. <laughs> Pardon me. All right. So, <laughs> on with the story. Mm. Your mother wanted me to call, he says. Is everything going all right? Should I be her? Let, let, let me be her. <laughs> No. Sue answered, trying to sound calm. No? Is someone in the house? Yes. (laughs) Sue. (laughs) (laughs) The line crackled. Then Sue heard the bells of the door. The line crackled? That's right. That's right. And thunder struck, Amy. All right, I was with you. Okay, the the line's crackling, and and we continue. (laughs) And Sue heard the bells of the door as her dad fled the restaurant for his pickup in the parking lot. Depending on who you ask, my grandpa likely made the 30-plus minute drive in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, he did. He stepped into the kitchen to find Sue standing about six feet away, the visitor sitting in the same chair, staring half at the upside-down yellow pages and half at Sue. What the hell that were they doing for 15 minutes together in this room? Right? He's just like creepily licking his fingers and, and she's turning like, pages I'm and just sweeping the kitchen like, <laughs> with a broom and like it is raining outside, isn't it? Okay, go on. My grandpa invited the young man to hitch a ride to his truck with him. They never passed a truck on the way to the tavern where my grandpa dropped the man off. Before retrieving his wife and oldest son, he drove the whole length of the Peninsula Road. Not a single vehicle on the shoulder. Ooh. So that 
broken down truck story was a lie. Lying son of a dung. A few days later. And then he went to the tavern the next day and the tavern keeper was like, there was no man here last night. <laughs> this tavern's been closed for 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> a few days later, Sue and her dad shared a moment looking at a police sketch of a man in the paper. <gasps> later identified as Ted Bundy. No! It was, without a doubt, the mm. man who sat in their kitchen asking to call his brother. <gasps> Never. I have read the story like five times and I still have chills. I thought it was going to be a ghost, but Ted Bundy is so much worse. Oh my God. That is crazy. That could have been really, really bad. uh, Yeah. I mean, yes, it was really, really bad for several other people. Right? Oh my God. And then Erica wouldn't be here. That is insane. Ted Bundy. Were his victims ever that young? Do you know? I think they were. Oh my God. You know what? I actually know that they were that. I think they were that young because there's actually... This is so weird. In LaConnor, Washington, which is like 10 minutes away from my house, there's this little courtyard area. It's very random. It's like a little garden um, next to just next to a business. And Mm -hmm. it's a memorial garden for one of Ted Bundy's victims who was from LaConnor. Wow. And I want to say she was like maybe 15. Um. But yeah, it's, I mean, why do you think he spared her? And like with that, I mean, that's enough time, like not to, I just do wonder in that 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, what could, yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe he figured somebody was coming and he wouldn't have enough time or I don't know. I mean, maybe you wanted to see who was coming to see if they would be an easy kill. Yeah. Gross. Ugh. Ugh. That's horrible. All right. I'm done. Press stop. It's over. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. you guys. I had to do it. I had to creep you the fuck out. Erica, blame no. Erica. Erica, I'm so glad you're here, Erica. I'm so glad your mom's safe. And I'm proud of her brother for excelling in academics as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Isn't that, th- I'm sorry. Isn't that like... <laughs> such horse shit her brother got taken out for dinner and she almost got serial killer murdered (laughs) oh my god do good in school kids (laughs) okay god um okay so the next story is one that i was told by one of my best friends that still scares the gibby weebies right on out of me Now, um, my friend was traveling in Ireland with her two brothers on a trip. They were offered the keys to a mutual friend of ours has a homestead there that has been in her family for multiple, multiple generations. And like many places in Europe, there are these like almost castle like buildings all over the place that you can't believe real people just own. And this is one of those places. So they're offered to spend the night in this uninhabited stone castle-like home. That's the dream right there. Hey, baby, I'd take those keys. I'd go in there immediately. And that's what they did. 
It wasn't too long after that everyone started to feel the creeps. Um, she said that they all slept in the same room because they did have such extreme creeps going on. Mm -hmm. And um, what ended up happening is in the middle of the night, she woke up just frozen in fear. She was just couldn't get out of the bed because she, it's like we were talking earlier. There's that presence, like something is shifting. Yeah, you, it's you feel just it. scary. And she notices her other brother is awake, also scared. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Where's the third brother, my friends? <gasps> He's gone? He's not in the room. Where has he gone? Well, he will tell them later that morning. It's one of these stories again. We had one of these last time where it's like, I was so scared, so I went to sleep. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> I wake, but nonetheless, the story does go. The legend has it. Um, they're like, oh, our brother's missing. Let's go to sleep. And we're scared. Okay. So... In the morning, their brother, third sibling, says he also woke up feeling terrified. And he heard children singing. No. Oh, So gross. he gets up. I know. I know. And he follows the sound of the children's voices. Because he was just stairs. done living. He. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, totally. He went on down the stairs and he would follow the sounds of the voice to where he th would think it was coming from. And then it would seem like the sound was coming from another area in the house. <laughs> so he was actually unable to locate the source of the singing. Two side notes here. Actually, let's go with three. Fuck it. I'm on fire about this story because it's <laughs> scaring me so much and I can't believe it. First one is they see there's this little um, tiny um, farmer's quarters, like a little cottage thing off to the side. And this mm -hmm. is on like this big, big pasture with like hundreds of cows. Mm -hmm. The farmer's cottage has smoke coming out the little chimney, which they thought was odd because they were told that the groundskeeper was not going to be present. Like they had to like leave the key for them. The groundskeeper couldn't meet them because he wasn't in town that week or whatever. So they were the only uh -huh. ones on the property, but they found it very odd that there was in that little farmer's area. They did see smoke rising. Um, was the groundskeeper a child who liked to sing at night? <laughs> <laughs> did they forget to mention that too? It's just like <laughs> someone in there watching Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Just on their phone, watching <laughs> walking no, around no, the house. Yes, yes. No, no, the, the it's far enough away. Like there's something they saw off, off off yonder. I don't even think they were like that creeped out by it. They were like, oh, it must be something that nobody mentioned. But then when they asked the friend whose home it was, what was up with that? She said, "What are you talking about? Nobody should be in there. That's actually just used for storage. That's not anything." <gasps> Ew. I think part of like why they got the total creeps too is when they arrived, there were like hundreds of cows just staring at them, not moving, not making an, a whimper, not a moo, not a neigh. <laughs> just kidding about the neigh. But like, like they were like, we've never seen such quiet cows all like just staring at us like a bunch of freaks. So, I mean, 
I, th- I think that might be typical of Irish cows. They are very sedate. <laughs> I forgot that you know a lot about this. Um, <laughs> Steph knows a lot about this. Um, anyway, end of story just goes that my friend said she didn't. This is like funny. I would have like gone immediately to my fr- to the owner of the house being like, what? You know, but. <laughs> She was like, I didn't mention it because I didn't want to seem ungrateful or rude and be like, your family's house is haunted. You know, (laughs) Um, it was creepy. We couldn't, you know, Um, but she did say like three years later, she was on a little road trip with a friend and it happened to come up and she brought it up and the friend was like, oh yeah, I have a lot of family that have had sort of similar stories and that place definitely seems haunted. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe at that point she hadn't heard the stories yet. Who knows when they came about? Yeah. So, hey, listeners, if you are ever in a situation where you hear children singing at night in a ghostly way, I'm going to just advise you to not try to follow that ghostly singing around the house. And if you wake up and you're terrified beyond terrified beyond belief, don't just fall asleep. Stay up and tell me what happened because that's right. it's just unbelievable <laughs> to me. You pull you the covers up and you lie there with your eyes like saucers until morning comes. That's that's the move. That's what you do. Pay your price. That's the move, right? Yeah, that's that's yucky. I mean, you have to imagine these places that are like 300, 400 years old. Mm -hmm. How could they not be haunted? How could they not be? People died like constantly back then. And where did they put those bodies? Wherever they wanted. Right. Next. Just under the smokestack in the little (laughs) farmer's quarter. It's full of bodies. (laughs) Horrible. I do love the shared experiences, though, when like multiple people wake up, everyone's terrified with, you know, without even uttering that. I've had that with Kevin once, like 12 years ago in Mexico, where we both woke up in a hotel room out of dead sleeps. And we're both just like, this room is something is going on in here. And we were so scared that I couldn't even ask him what he thought was going on because I was afraid if he confirmed. Yeah, that would be even scarier. That he was feeling, hearing the same things, thinking the same things, and it would be real, right? So we couldn't even talk about it until the next morning. But guess what? We were feeling the same things and it was real. Yeah. I mean, when somebody else is there to experience it and it validates what you think. It's so much scarier because so much scarier. you can explain it away when it's just you. Right. Ugh. All right. Do you want to hear one of my yes. scary stories? <gasps> yes. Okay. So, um, there's this place here in the beautiful Skagit Valley of Washington, um, called Northern state hospital. And it used to be for years and years, I want to say like from the early 1900s, like maybe the 20s or so Mm -hmm. until the 1970s, it was a hospital for the, they called them the harmless insane, Hmm. um, as opposed to the criminally insane. (laughs) Yes. Just like you, um, you know, we would both be, uh, sent to the bin for (laughs) hysteria or something, Amy, Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, anyway, it was like this big hospital. They had stables, they had cottages, they had huge gardens. It was basically just like a place where people lived long term. Mm-hmm. It looks like it was really cool, you know, aside from the fact that it was an institution. Sure. Um, but it does seem like they really did everything that they could to make it homey and give people jobs and stuff. And now it has fallen into disrepair, but it's still a really popular place to go take your family, like walking around hiking because the buildings Mm -hmm. are still there. It's old, like Spanish style architecture. And so it's really neat. Um, There are trails around there that you can hike. And so we've been there a few times Mm -hmm. just as a family walking around the grounds, taking pictures and stuff, because there is a lot of cool stuff there to see. And um, we were there with my kids one afternoon, just kind of meandering around. um, And I had let my kids run ahead a little bit. They're all three together. And I want to say my youngest was maybe three or four. And my kids run up ahead of me and they find this small building and I catch up to them and find them all playing on kind of like this cement structure. Mm -hmm. And it's a small, it's, I mean, I want to say it's like three walls and then there's this cement structure inside of it. It's pretty small, like the size of a large shed maybe. And they're having fun. There's a lot of graffiti that's been there. Um, And so I'm taking some pictures of the kids. And slowly it begins to dawn on me that my children are playing in what was once the crematorium. Why do they have a crematorium there? Well, they had a morgue there too. I mean, because it's a giant hospital where, you know, people lived their whole lives. And so people died there and... Yeah, they would cremate the bodies. Um, okay, which gross, obviously. Um, and we're not going to playground. <laughs> we're not going to go into the politics of insane asylums of the mid-century. But um, my kids are there playing, and I didn't want to freak them out. You know, <clears throat> I didn't feel like they needed to know what the building was or anything, and. There was nobody else around, so I let them play for a while, and I walked up ahead a ways, and eventually I called back to them saying, hey, you know, it's time to move on. Let's continue on our walk. And so we did. We just had a nice rest of the afternoon and went home, and I was sitting with my youngest daughter, who, like I said, I think was maybe three or four, Mm -hmm. and out of nowhere, she says, mama... I forgot to get that big girl's phone number. And I was like, what big girl? You know, who, who are you talking about? And she says, the big girl at the park. And I was like, which park? And she said, the one we were at today, the big girl, I I didn't get her phone number. And of course I get the like sinking, creepy feeling. Mm -hmm. I did not see anybody around. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I did not see anyone talking to my children, which would have been an immediate flag for my attention. And the fields surrounding the crematorium were... Creepy cows? Was it the creepy cows? (laughs) They were full of cows standing there, stock still. (laughs) No. Um, But they're like... Milk me! Milk me! (laughs) 
<laughs> um, meat is murder. That's right. That is what they would say. Um, so there's like you can see all the way around, except that there was woods on kind of one side. So unless somebody like emerged from and then receded back into the woods, there was nobody around. And so I'm like, what? what girl? I didn't see any girl. And she said, the big girl who wanted to babysit me, she said she wanted to come babysit me. Mm. And of course, I did not see any big girls. There was nobody that she talked to. All I can assume is that there was some spirit there who wanted a little playmate. Honey. Um, I tried to get and it some. It was Agatha's daughter. <laughs> oh, ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Mystery solved. <laughs> she was in an insane asylum, Agatha. <laughs> no worries. It kind of makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. So I don't know. I tried to get the feel from my kid if it was scary or anything. It definitely didn't mm. seem like it. So, I mean, I like to think maybe it was just, you know, a teenager who really did want a little friend. Yeah. I don't like that. Little kids can like see things, and that is just uh, yeah. The veil is thin. The veil is very thin. Um, speaking of the thinning of the veils, this occurred at Providence, Portland, on Gleason Street, um, where a friend of mine's mother was dying. And she kind of had about a two-week window of being in this hospital room. And the story goes, she was seeing spirits in the Mm -hmm. room. Yeah. We've heard this happens when you're close to death. You see family members. You see pets from your past. You see people maybe you knew and you're not scared? Is it something that your brain is doing to ease you in the death process? Perhaps it's a chemical reaction, which is cool. It's really cool. We see this talked about from like hospice nurse, Julie, hospice nurse, Penny, um, on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In this case, that was occurring Um, with my friend's mom for like many days and she would tell her daughter who she was seeing and in her case she wasn't seeing family members or maybe she did additionally but what she was mostly talking about was patients who had died in the hospital before her and she was describing different people who were coming through and one of them kept coming up a lot and she was really adamant that she wanted to pass along a message for this person who she said was a young boy and she called him Ronaldo or Renalto and my friend wrote down both because she could sometimes like not tell how her mom was pronouncing it if it was a T or a D uh-huh. um, but she said that this young Hispanic boy who seemed I think by young, it was like maybe eight to 12 ish Mm -hmm. age of a young boy and that he was keeping her company and he was visiting with her a lot and that he really, really wanted her to pass along the message that he's okay and that he wanted 
her to tell his parents that he Aww. is okay. And so my friend's mom passed that along to, her, to my friend and said to tell the parents. And she's like, I haven't, I've, I made a note in my phone because I really wanted to look into it. And she's like, how do you look into that? You know? Um, but this was, her mom died in 2015. I think it was 2015. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Y'all work at Providence and you want to risk your job. Let us know. Let us Look know if there was a Ronaldo. I know you got a password. I know you got a code to get into the computer system. Um, wow. Yeah, who knows? Ronaldo. But yeah, she said that there were like all sorts of people coming in that had died there. And she like made some reference even to on the wall. There was something in multiple languages, some like, you know, welcome something, mm-hmm. you know, but in multiple languages, like everyone's you know included here or something and she I guess she made some jokes saying like wow like I really understand why they're including so many languages because they do serve such a vast population of people the people that have been coming in here there are so many different cultures and so many different languages being spoken wow by these spirits that's so cool and weird it's so weird I mean that I'm like a 50-50 person when it comes to ghosts. Like mm-hmm, on the record, mm-hmm. I don't believe in them, but <laughs> right. I still kind of believe in them. And it makes so much sense to me that when somebody is so near death, like they would be able, it's like kind of, you know, one foot in each world. Yeah. I think it's just amazing either way. Like if our brains send some chemical reaction to make us see things that it's a comfort. Like it is a comfort to whatever is next, whether that is nothing and it gives you comfort in those final few days. Yeah. That is insanely intelligent and magical. And it makes me think there is more to the world that our brains would know how to do that. Right. You know, and yeah. then if it is something else, like, who's the fucking say? I'm also with you. I'm like 50-50, like, but how dare anyone say 100% no or 100% yes? Because how the fuck do you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's so sweet, too, that, like, the hospice nurses will say that sometimes they see people, like, acting like they're petting an animal, like a pet oh. on their chest or something. Like, it is. It's, it is just an amazing thing that our brains can do or that the universe provides i don't know whichever it is it's cool yeah and why would it always be comforting and not something terrible coming to you if it right just yeah like it always does seem to be a comfort it's cool right right i like it i can't wait to die (laughs) (laughs) you shut it you're not allowed to say that no i'm a little okay okay sorry do you have another I'd like another scare. I do have another. Um, I have two little little quickies here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carrie says, here is a quick ghost story. I was in college and lived in a house with six other girls. Apparently. First we- red flag. 
<laughs> ghosts love houses with lots of roommates. <laughs> it's true, though. Plenty of people died there. Well, you know what I think it is, is like college housing and stuff. They're always like shitty old houses. Mm-hmm. And so of and they're like less updated too, right? So like the ghosts haven't been disturbed or annoyed out of there with like the new kitchen remodels and you know <laughs> with granite like, throughout. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't even recognize this place anymore. I'm out of here. He's slamming at floors. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Though I think that's totally true. Um, so Carrie says apparently they all had some weird experiences, but never mm-hmm. shared them until the day we were cleaning and right. Right in front of my roommate, ashes came out of nowhere and landed on the carpet she just vacuumed. Like when someone oh. taps a cigarette. No! That is wild. I mean, that sounds like some trashy college girl stuff, though. You know, like, <laughs> remember that time we went to that party and then the next day I didn't even realize that Jason's ashes were on my shoulder from the, you know. Um, it could also be asbestos falling from the ceiling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Thrift store jackets. You never know. (laughs) Here are the other things that happened. Curtains blowing, but windows are shut and no breeze outside. Mm -hmm. Footsteps in the attic room. And I saw what looked like my roommate's boyfriend on the stairs. I was the only one home and they came in together 10 minutes later. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Just like the judge. Yeah. We found out that a young man died in the house in the 1940s. I knew so it. He's the smoker. He was murdered by Ted Bundy. <laughs> in the 1940s. In the 40s. <laughs> That's the creepiest part about it. Like, how did he do that? He's a time traveler. The ghost never really bothered us. He just wanted us to know he was there. How do you know? Well, he's wanted? a young guy in a house with six girls. Hmm. He's obviously I keep smoking. Haunting. They keep staying the same age. Right? He's trying to show them that he's cool by smoking. <laughs> Come on, ghosty. Who smokes anymore? Um, and then another one. This one is actually really sweet. So it says... My mom's mother was the smartest person I've ever met with a mind for science and details. So I was surprised when she swore to me that ghosts were real. She grew up on a farm in Minnesota during the Depression and told me that once around the age of 12, everyone in her family was out working in the fields when they were surprised by a summer thunderstorm. My grandmother remembered she had left the windows open on the second floor of the house against her mother's advice in hopes of a cooler night's sleep. She ran home, hoping to keep the curtains and windowsills and hardwood floors from getting soaked and getting herself a scolding. When she got home, she heard creaking and padding feet above her, even though she was sure she was the only one who knew the windows were open and the only one that had run home. She bolted upstairs, and there was the woman who had owned the house before them, dead for decades. What? Closing the windows. What? Yeah. No. My grandmother said it was because she had loved and taken pride in the house her family had built. But I always thought it was sort of a lovely idea that maybe even in times when no one we know can be there for us, that someone who has loved well and done well in the place we are before us might be able to pass on just a little care and make a difference. Wow. 
She hated disorder. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a really clean ghost (laughs) on my house. Do some chores for me. I forgot to turn on the dishwasher last night. (laughs) Agatha, turn it on. Thank you. (laughs) I think that's really sweet. That's cute. It is. Um... Do you have the last one? I have one more. Do you have one more? No, I'm done. You go. Mm, okay. Listeners, if I can have you remain seated. <laughs> go out with a bang, please. Bangers. Um, so this uh, person, Kelsey, actually wrote to us last year, and her story was... Um, I'm trying to remember, it was something to do with like spooky the cabin, cabin, right? Yeah. And like her partner under the covers hearing things. It was a cabin story. It was really scary. <laughs> um, okay, onward with Kelsey's letter. She says, "Here's a new one for you. I moved out of that haunted cabin I told you about last year, but now I find myself living with my family in the oldest city in the U.S." where at any given moment I am apparently within spitting distance of a buried skeleton. 400 years of colonialism and mass public graves and all of that. She doesn't... Yikes. She refuses to name the city, though, and I'm really wondering where she lives, but... Sounds scary. Interesting. Um, Maybe she okay. just doesn't want us all to move there. <laughs> Um, maybe she has banished the ghosts and she's afraid they'll find her. If, if they know where she lives, they might be listening to this podcast. Okay. So full disclosure, I left the classroom in March and am on the hamster wheel of job searching, which is soul sucking and awful. Capitalism sucks. And I'm doing a bunch of COVID safe ish gig work to pay the bills. This includes cleaning vacation rentals like i said we're living in a really old town and many of these vacation rentals are a good 150 plus years old on the young end augustine florida (laughs) (laughs) i just looked it up (laughs) sorry to out you kelsey what do you mean it's saint augustine florida what did you google an old town that has ghosts the oldest city in the u.s Oh, she said it's the oldest city. Uh, yeah, that's what she said. I'm not even listening to the words I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It's time to get serious here. I want to do this justice. So stop making me laugh. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like our listeners deserve to know what city it was. Um, it's true. And I do too. Okay. Like I said, we're living in a really old town and many of these vacation rentals are a good 150 plus years old on the young end. Lots of creaky floors in history. Not all of it good. Because my ongoing COVID trauma, I typically clean alone. And sometimes it's downright relaxing to listen to a podcast. Oh, why? <laughs> Thank you. Um, Or music and just do mindless work by myself. I work for a really cool company with one other young woman named Kayla, who also cleans on her own. But one day she called me kind of frantic and asked me to come help her finish a property. This was a house I had never been in before, built in the mid 1800s. And from the time I drove up, it was bad vibes. It felt like somebody was looking at me from the upstairs windows, and the blinds were shut. Ew. 
When I got there, Kayla was standing on the porch, white-faced and pacing. I asked her what was up, and she said she was upstairs alone making beds when she, quote-unquote, hit her vape. (laughs) And the smoke alarm, (laughs) Kayla, (laughs) staff ripper a new one. (laughs) She shouldn't be vaping. Um, Okay. And the smoke alarm in the next room immediately began shrieking. According to her, vaping does not set off smoke alarms typically, and especially not from another room. I agree, that should not set it off from another room. Hmm, She was shaken. I really didn't want to be around her when she was vaping. Me either. (laughs) Kayla. (laughs) Consider Um, your lung health. dare not to do drugs while cleaning houses. I really didn't want to be around her while she was vaping and gently suggested she not do that in the house again. So she, I just want this to be like a commercial for like (laughs) anti-drugs. Like, so she agreed and asked, can you please come upstairs with me so we can get this done and get out of here? We headed upstairs to get the beds done, but every time we entered this room with the bunk beds, the smoke alarm would go off. Every time. I would click the reset button with my broom handle, but eventually I ended up talking to the damn thing and asking (laughs) it to stop. We know you don't want us to be in here. We're happy to leave, but we can't leave if you don't let us get our work done, so you're going to have to stop. I repeated this at least ten times. (laughs) And every time I would talk to the alarm, it would turn off. That would buy us five or ten minutes before it would start up again. Simultaneously, I glanced into the backyard at one point from the bunk bedroom and saw the creepiest old shed I've ever laid eyes on in the backyard. I mentioned it to Kayla and she told me the owners had turned it into what they thought was a cute speakeasy for guests to use as a bar. Oh, dear. But when she had her young kids there... At her ho- at the house one day, they took one look at it and burst into tears and refused to go inside the backyard to play. You know how it is with kids and animals. They just know things. That's true. Okay. Also, in many of these older homes down here, the small sheds and cottages and backyards were often slave quarters. So oh, it goes no. without saying that there is a lot of heartache and sad energy in many of these spaces. Back to the clean. Finally, we got the upstairs done and we went downstairs to wrap up clean the kitchen and the floors. The moment we went downstairs, the alarm never went off again. We were downstairs for a good hour or two with no incident. Hmm. This was supposed to be the end of that property because it was switching to another property manager. But there was one more clean scheduled that I volunteered to take so that Kayla didn't have to go back there. This, you're supposed to make fun of Kayla well, when I pause there, stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go vape someplace else, Kayla. Yeah. This is going to be what I do as a ghost. I'm just going to antagonize people for vaping. <laughs> <laughs> and many other things, I'm sure. Don't That's sell right. yourself short. Okay. I hauled my husband with me that day because I didn't want to be alone there either. He knew about the smoke alarm and was teasing me a little bit. But the moment we went upstairs together, he walked into the bunk bedroom and said, I hate this room. He didn't know that that was the same room as the alarm. 
just the same palpably bad vibe. Towards the end of the job, we were downstairs in the laundry room and he was leaning with his back against the door to the outside that faced that creepy shed. All of a sudden, my spouse, who had been lightly teasing me this whole time, you would think this fucker wouldn't be teasing me given his (laughs) haunted past in that old cabin, leaped up with a yelp and said, somebody knocked on the door. I had been at the washing machine loading laundry and he insisted that the moment he leaned his back on the door to the outside that he had felt three very distinct light taps right on his back from the other side. Literally from the other side. Get it? (laughs) Um, Peeked out the window. Nobody was on the porch or in the backyard. There was no chance I was going to check the shed either. We got out of there, and I haven't been back since. Hope the new property manager is having a ton of fun dealing with this place on their own. From Kayla. Yikes. Kelsey, you mean? <laughs> okay. Now who's the one vaping? I can't even keep these people straight. Yeah. I'm Kelsey. Damn. Well, gross. Gross, gross. <laughs> we hated I that. Hate it. That's gross. <laughs> It is so spooky, though. Ugh. Yeah, I know what she means by just a bad vibe and a bad vibe. You can feel it. That shed too. Who in their right mind is trying to make a creepy shed into a speakeasy? Ugh. It's very Portland, actually. Um, <laughs> it is. It's very now. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, that's been our show. It's now December. <laughs> Like literally tomorrow. (laughs) Welcome to Escape from October through November and December. That's right. I hope everyone is spooked out. But Um, we have to dedicate this episode. Okay. To our friend Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, so Charlotte is my friend Kira's daughter, and um, she is just one of the coolest best friends a gal could ever ask for. And um, Charlotte is her super smart, savvy, witchy little daughter. And I love that she loves the Escape from October episode. I love that she likes to be spooked out. Mm-hmm. I love that she now has an inside joke about Frankie Chan with us. Um, <laughs> the first episode i met Um, charlotte and her mom at your wedding stuff and it was so funny kira was telling me she's like you know i like was listening to the episode in the car the first time and she i was like oh i'm gonna press stop because this is a scary story podcast and she's like i want to listen to it (laughs) but she said that she like kept saying like are you sure you want to be listening to this and she's like i love it i love it and listen to it multiple times but when i did meet her at your wedding, I um, secretly pressed record on my phone when she was telling me her own ghost story and begging to be on our next episode of Escape from October. I did tell her I was recording eventually, and she is going to be happy to hear herself appear. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. So here you go, baby. Let's hear it. Charlotte, take it take away. Take us away. <laughs> This is
My house is haunted. Are you kidding? Yes, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Tell me. Uh, well, we have this creepy place that we own a hatch. Here, so we have this place that's right above our like walking to get to my mom's room. Okay. And we open it to like fix wires, and I swear, I saw. A rat just hanging <gasps> in midair with a piece of cheese in its mouth. <laughs> I, I swear I did. Because my dad once let me peek in the ladder. Oh and I was just all alone. I just saw it. And his eyes were glowing red. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you, my house is haunted. That is so crazy. Ah, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Breakfast is hosted by Amy Dials and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.